Well, hello again. Uh, yeah, I know. It's good to be here, and uh, thank you very much. We just enjoyed, as the Brits would say, our tea. Uh, so I I'm, I'm forget that I have to start saying supper, and uh, <clears throat> because supper in the U.K., as you know, is cheese and biscuits before bedtime. So uh, it's uh, a new language that we've learned. As they say, the British and the Americans are the only two countries divided by the same language. And uh, so we... Uh, we enjoy our time there, but I thought tonight I'd just share a little uh, thoughts here. I thought it might be interesting for you to think a little bit. It won't take too much time uh, at all, but uh, one of the things that uh, I really enjoy doing is uh, looking at the structure of the Bible, and you guys are probably experts at all of this and probably know uh, more about it than even I do, but um, it's... Uh, Interesting to see the the wonder and the flow of the Bible. Whenever I get to speak to teenagers or young people, uh, I, I tell them that one of my favorite things about the Bible is it has everything. It's uh, murder mysteries and, uh, you know, love stories and, and all those things. And the Bible tells us one of my favorite Westerns, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, it, it does. God is honest. If you look at any other uh, false religion uh, that is out there, it's it, it doesn't. You know, if you look at what's happened with Islam, uh, there were so many different uh, Korans that they, they ended up burning them all and only kept one uh, because obviously there was too much confusion uh, with that. And so but God tells us, God tells us even when uh, good people do bad things. And, you know, of course, it's sin. And, uh, you know, but we see that. And so it, I see the structure of what we live today. We talked a little bit about it. Uh, on Sunday when we were looking into things, and I'll just show you the good-looking young couple there. Uh, please, please take a prayer card. Uh, there's, we left a few there in the back. Please pray for us as you do. Thank you very much, uh, for how you fellowship with us that way. And I will just say too, if you're interested and you use, uh, smartphones, we have a signal group where Joanne posts like videos sometimes of us teaching or in our family groups or doing, uh, things together that just helps you to be uh, aware of what we're doing and how you can how you can pray for us. And uh, uh, Lamentations is an interesting book. And so I, I, I look at these things now and I think, well, you know, I was told, you know, when I was a young young lad about studying the Bible and told at Bible college, all scripture is written for me, but not all scripture is written to me. And uh, you think about books and I find it interesting as people come and train with us uh, in the mission, you know, that they have different ideas about why they've come. Uh, of course, some people are looking for a husband or a wife. Uh, and, uh, you know, so they might come for that reason. But others are coming because they have misconceptions or they'll open the Bible, they'll read the Bible. I tell everyone one of my favorite books of the Bible to teach is Leviticus. I think it's one of the greatest books in the Bible, but people go, yuck, Leviticus? Like, really? And uh, so anyway, it's uh, it's just interesting to me. But when, when you look at this and you see history, and, of course, we're living in days, and this is one of the reasons the book of Lamentations is quite appropriate for us. We're living in the days of Lamentations. Society is in uproar. And, again, God's people, right, the, the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, the elect, the descendants of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob are in pure turmoil. And, and the, the word, the Hebrew word for Lamentations actually has behind it the root of like how, you know, like we might say, how did this happen? And uh, I, I tell you, I, I'm only 60, 
Uh, and, and I look at the way the world has changed in my lifetime. Like literally, I can remember going to school and, and saying the Lord's Prayer and, you know, all, all the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. And we learned the Ten Commandments in public school, you know, and, and I, I can remember all these things. And now the exact opposite. You, you can you can do anything uh, against Christianity, but you can't do anything against any other false religion. OK. And again, I don't believe Christianity is a religion. It's a relationship. But uh, again, because religion to me is a set of rules that people try to follow uh, to please themselves or to please God. But Lamentations is a book of sorrowful songs or poems. It's a book that deals with things that Jeremiah the prophet did. Now, most people would readily accept that. And, and, the, and the question is, the lament is, you know, or we might say, how did this happen? Uh, you know, is, is the place God set his presence, right? The place God set his presence, the Shekinah, the glory of the Lord was there. And, and so you, you recognize, you know, how the people were. And of course, we, we look today and we, we seem to be, you know, I remember the illustration that was used when I was in high school about if you place a frog in a pot, turn the water up and, you know, it'll, it'll think it's in a, in a sauna or a jacuzzi there for a while. And, and then it becomes dinner. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it is really what we see happening in the world today. And so how the people, uh, could return to the Lord whom they've abandoned. And, and I do believe that that's the case today is, as we see in Great Britain, you know, uh, even when we first moved 20, almost three years ago to the Grimsby area, there were many churches. And I'm not suggesting that they were good churches and even a number of assemblies in the area. Now there's one. Okay. And, and, and even the churches, you know, you find that they have become uh, the church of entertainment. Okay. The church of entertainment. And again, I, I'm not going to go into this, but it's interesting to look at the timing, the background of what's happening in the book. And as you find Lamentations, it's, it's, it's in many ways around the writings of Daniel and Ezekiel and of course Jeremiah and the end of Isaiah or Isaiah. I'm being a bit British there, but, uh, you know, as you go along the empire of Babylon and I just finished teaching the book of Daniel. And again, it's, it's amazing because when people come and study and, and people look and they go, Oh, the book of Daniel. This is going to be boring. And, and, uh, you know, because everybody knows about the lion's den and everybody knows about the fiery furnace, but the other 12 chap or 10 chapters, nobody knows about. And, and so again, it, it's been quite amazing for them to, to, to say to me, I never understood how much history, how, how we can see the faithfulness of God. Now, of course, that was prophecy, right? That was prophecy. God foretold what would happen. And we find this today in, in the world. I'm a Bible prophecy teacher and I speak, I'm in, I'm in a group, a dispensational group in, in the UK and Europe. Uh, we're the oldest dispensational group that's still existing, uh, in England, which is quite sad. Uh, but it, it's, it's very interesting to see that people think eschatology doesn't matter. It's kind of like saying, well, justification is important, uh, but sanctification is okay, but our glorification doesn't really matter, you know, and uh, it's it's really wrong thinking. But I, I'm not going to go through this. But I, I again, I as I think about just teaching Daniel, uh, this is the time in the destruction of the temple. And so in 605 B.C., the four young men. Now, those young men are what? Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah and Mishael. 
They are not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or as my mom said, to bed you go. But, uh, you know, the, the, because those are their Babylonian names that reflect the names of the Babylonian gods. And the, the names Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael reflect Jehovah God, as Daniel does, as God's judge, right? And uh, so again, right, they're, they're taken away captive. And then the second attack on, on uh, Jerusalem saw Ezekiel taken away as a captive. And again, Ezekiel is such a fantastic book. But then in 586 B.C., the temple is destroyed. And again, for the Jewish people, under the law, the only way they could keep the law was to have the temple. There's just no way. The sacrificial system, everything was based around the temple. And again, and that was gone, completely gone. And again, this is how can they worship God? Without the temple, right? How can they keep the law? Because the law was based around the Sabbaths. You know, not necessarily just the seventh day of the week, but the sabbatical years, the sabbatical, uh, you know, the, the, the way the land went, the years of Jubilee. And of course, Chronicles, Ezra, they tell us that the reason that this came upon them, and Leviticus states it too, the reason it came upon them is they did not keep God's Sabbaths, all of them. And, and and this was a means of worship and showing their worship to them, uh, to God. And so, uh, you know, as you, you come along and you look here, uh, this is Jeremiah. He's lamenting and, and he's lamenting 586, uh, 587 B.C. Chronicles uh, states it very clearly that if you want to read about what happened to Jerusalem, read the book of Lamentations. And so it points us to this book. But this book is so exciting uh, much as, as I was saying to you about the book of Esther, it is so exciting. And, and again, they have to be written by Jeremiah. I know it doesn't say that, but there's at least 12 word perfect, uh, expressions in the books that are the same. So exactly said the same way. So, so again, it, it really leads us to believe, uh, Jeremiah could be the only author of that. But you know, when you look at the Bible, as I say to young people, Look at the structure. Can we trust God's word? And so, again, I just want to bring a little bit out here. When you look at it, these five chapters, a simple book in five chapters, and you look at the the style, the literary style, just like Esther I mentioned to you, just like Daniel. You see, two to seven of Daniel are are written, right, in in Aramaic, right, ancient, ancient Babylonian, and then two parallel seven and three parallels six and four parallels five. And and then as you look at the, the other side of it, the part written to the Jews from eight to 12, and, and you see there's a, a straight parallel. But again, there's this chiastic building parallelism. Esther does the same thing. On, on the night that King Xerxes couldn't sleep, that's the night God moved. And, and that's the night that even though uh, Haman uh, wanted to annihilate the Jewish people, God had a different plan and God's word cannot return to him void. And so when, when you look at this, uh, the first four are poems, the first four chapters. And, and they're, they're poems that are written. There's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And, and each of the, the letters, uh, obviously, uh, in one of the 22. Uh, so you look at verse one, it starts with the letter out in the Hebrew alphabet. And, and, and verse one, verse two uh, starts with the Beth, the second letter. Verse three starts with uh, Gimel, the third letter, and so forth, all the way up to 22. And so it's very interesting that you see this beauty of how the Holy Spirit 
inspired each of the various authors of the Old and the New Testament to write in a style. And it's not hidden. Some people like to go, well, that's hidden. You know, that's God hiding things away. No, it was quite plain. And of course, some of it was made so that people could memorize it. Chapter three, however, so, so chapter one and chapter four parallel each other, or chapter five, sorry, parallel each other. Chapter two and chapter three, uh, oh, I'm really bad here. Chapter two and chapter four parallel each other, but chapter three is the middle. And in chapter three, right, uh, it's got 66 or 20, you know, three times 22, right? So each verse one, verse two, verse three is an alf, right? Verse four, verse five, verse six is a beth. And, and it's written that way to, to emphasize it. And, and the reason it's written to emphasize it, as you look at the, the whole structure of the Bible is it's going to, it's going to end in this one thought and this one thought, which is so important for us today. You see, now chapter five, uh, is in free form. So it doesn't have Al, Beth, Gimel, or so forth on for 22, but, but actually, uh, four chapters do. It's written in this beautiful structure, the Holy Spirit inspiring the author to do it so that that we can see that there's things that are important to God. And this is really what I want to bring out to you here. Okay. And, and so uh, as you look at this, and when you look at, at chapter one, okay. And when you look at chapter one, right. And chapter one, you have this acrostic, right. 22 verses, uh, each one beginning with a letter of the alphabet. And, and it, it's about uh, Jeremiah mourning, right. Israel and Jerusalem. And then uh, you come to chapter two. And again, then you see a different side of it. It's God's judgment on Israel. And of course, again, an acrostic. And if you to go over to, to chapter five, which is on the bottom, uh, on the bottom down here, right? You're looking at the, it, it's uh, paralleling. Again, you see God's remnant Israel, of course, can repent. There's a mourning over it, but if they repent, God will restore them. And if we looked as we did at chapter two, and if we look at the parallel of chapter four over here on the other side, right, uh, then God's anger at Israel. So you see God's judgment of Israel in chapter two, but God's anger at Israel. But the prophet, uh, well, uh, I shouldn't have gone ahead and go back, please. Now you have to be smarter than the picture they tell me. There we go. Uh, but if you go back, you see, we, we get here. To the epitome, okay? 66 verses, right? Uh, each one of them starting. And, and, and here, you know, they're, they're grouped together in, in these sets of threes. And it's made to make uh, a pinnacle. And let's just look at that, okay? So look at, uh, we'll just finish off here just with this simple little thought in Lamentations. You see, you see, God judges sin. God has to judge sin. And of course, the nation of Israel are sinners, but God wants them to repent. He wants them to change their mind and he wants them, uh, he wants them to turn, uh, turn again to him. But, uh, and you look, it's, it's pretty dire. It's pretty dire. Their sin, uh, has really, uh, come upon them and it is a, a very dire situation. Uh, if, if we look at here, uh, we see this and I'll maybe just start, uh, in verse 18. Uh, or verse, uh, yeah, it says, and I said, my strength and my hope have perished from the Lord. Now, now again, we need to recognize that, right? We're not able. Only he is able. Verse 19, remember my affliction and my roaming. 
the wormwood and the gall. And there's so much we could say about that. My soul still remembers and sinks within me. This right I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. Though the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed, right? Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, for those who seek him. He is good to the one. uh, It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. You know, when, when you look at this dire straits of Israel, dire straits of Jerusalem, when, when you look at the, the temple being lost, the, the prophet had one hope. The mercies of the Lord are new every day. Great is his faithfulness. And, you know, I think when we sit and we look at what the way things are today, I uh, have had to chat with a lot of people uh, over these last years of COVID, uh, depression, recession, uh, whatever, whatever you want to think on. And, and we could look, if we looked and lived in our circumstances, we'd always be let down. And the circumstances of these days were the, the presence of the Lord was removed from Israel. But the, the prophet had this one hope. The mercies of the Lord are new every day. Great is his faithfulness. And, and as you look at this and you see God does judge sin, he will judge sin. But if, if we are willing to repent and to turn to him and to cry out for help, Right. And that's what the prophet says. And he, and he leaves us the pinnacle of this book is right in the dead middle. Right. Right in the middle of, of those uh, 66 verses in chapter three. The mercies of the Lord are new every day. Great is this faithfulness. You know, uh, again, this is we know we know we have them in the New Testament who can lay a charge against God's elect. If God is for us, who can be against us? Right. Nothing. Right. And, and being persuaded of that. But our focus must remain. On God and Jeremiah, you know, when you look at Jeremiah, I mean, it's hard to read Jeremiah. I mean, the stuff that happened to Jeremiah is, is hard stuff. And we look at the world today and, and we think of Christians, you know, we get reports uh, ourselves of things happening around the world. And yet God is in control and, and God is looking out for his children. And, and God's heart is still God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And and, and the Lord uh, as as we remember in Acts, right, as the Lord uh, ascended uh, up into heaven, that the angel reminded them that he's going to come back in like manner. But the, the 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 command just at that time is you'll be witnesses, you'll receive power and you'll be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. And I know that's our desire, right, to in this area of Maitland and in Florida, right, that the gospel would go forth. And, and we have the words and we. We can trust in God. We know that the mercies of the Lord are new every day. Great is his faithfulness. He's, he's not going to leave us down. He's given us his word. He's given us the Holy Spirit. We have the fellowship of the assembly, right, to, to bind us together. And as we uh, even will do just now to pray and to see the Lord's work, right, and to know that uh, if we pray according to his will, he hears us, right? And we know what his will is. He's His desire is that people hear the gospel, that that the preaching of the gospel go forth. Well, I just wanted to share those uh, thoughts with you and and uh, just to encourage you and to see the beauty. I, I could go through just about every book in the Old Testament as I study them for myself. And you see these little patterns of how the Holy Spirit inspired each person to write 
guide it, you know, so that so that it encourages us and it keeps our focus on the Lord. Thank you very much.